Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Are science fiction's predictions about the future becoming science fact? Is the human race headed for extinction? What does it all have to do with the parallel worlds and alternate realities? Hello and welcome to the 680th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben and those time-sensitive and rhyming questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad, Paul. And today we welcome a very well-known guest on a rather sobering subject, and uh, we welcome your calls. The numbers are 800-449-1240 from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, or 401-766-1240 from anywhere or anyone else. Jim Mars should need no introduction to this audience. Uh, Nevertheless, Jim is an award-winning investigative journalist and aerospace writer and a best-selling author of both fiction and and nonfiction. A native of Fort Worth, Texas, Jim worked for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, among other newspapers, and covered stories in Texas, Europe, and the Middle East. A U.S. Army veteran, he served with an intelligence unit in Vietnam. Since 1980, Jim has been a freelance writer and has been active in many national media, including major news networks. He somehow found time to teach at the University of Texas at Arlington and retired from there in 2007. His books include Crossfire, The Plot to Kill That Killed Kennedy, which hit the New York Times bestseller list and became a, a basis for the Oliver Stone film JFK. Other books include Psy Spies, that's PSI, uh, about government experiments with remote viewing, Alien Agenda, Rule by Secrecy, War on Freedom, The Terror Conspiracy, The Rise of the Fourth Reich, and Above Top Secret. There are probably more. His website, Jim Mars, that's Mars with two R's, JimMars.com. So, Jim Mars, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Well, uh, it's a distinct pleasure to be with you today. Well, uh, it's great to have you. So, Jim, you see eerie correlations between the science fiction predictions of L. Ron Hubbard and the scientific predictions of uh, Dr. Stephen Hawking. What's all that about, and what does it have to do with the multiverse concept? Well, basically it's because uh, some of the more forward-thinking people, and L. Ron Hubbard was one of them. Uh, I discovered him as a science fiction writer years ago. Uh, there was a time when uh, Hubbard was considered uh, right up there with the greats like Isaac Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke and Clifford Simak. Um, and then, uh, but he differed. Uh, today we see aliens going to get you movies like Independence Day where they come down in swarms and they blow up the cities and they try to kill everybody. Um, what Hubbard saw was a little different thing, and I think this parallels with what's happening uh, with the globalism and today, which is that uh, it was just a business deal. Uh, the intergalactic uh, bankers loaned money to the intergalactic mining corporation to strip mine the mineral resources of the earth, and uh, they were on a contract deadline, and it looks like they might not be able to make their deadline thanks to these pesky humans uh, that kept getting in the way. So they went to the planet Cyclos, and I just love it because that's just one letter away from psychos. And uh, <laughs> they've got these uh, tall, hairy, ugly aliens to come and try to ship, uh, ship-shape the uh, human population into control so they could uh, meet their deadline. In other words, it's just a business deal. And uh, I think that's what we possibly could run into because we are now beginning to understand that the universe is just chock full of intelligent life, some that may be far beyond us, uh, 
some that may be about the same as us and some that are probably far behind us. But uh, where Stephen Hawkins ties in is that he has warned recently that uh, perhaps we should be a little cautious in advertising that we're here (laughs) and exactly where we are. For example, in 1977, we launched the two Voyager space programs, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. And um, on Voyager 2 particularly is a golden disc that uh, has a drawing of a human male and a human female. also has uh, recordings of uh, sounds from Earth. Uh, what I find very, very interesting, guys, is that... Uh, uh, naturally, you'd think they'd have snatches of some of Earth's most beautiful music, um, Chopin, Beethoven, uh, you know. But uh, interestingly enough, also in there is Chuck Berry <laughs> playing yeah. Johnny B. Good. Really? And, uh, I didn't realize that was on there. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, that, make, that makes this pretty topical because poor old Chuck, he just passed away here, what, just a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's a loss, I want to tell you, because, uh, you know, I'm old enough. I grew up with Chuck Berry. Uh, in fact, I remember hearing the Beatles at their first big United States uh, concert on the Ed Sullivan Show uh, oh, in Jan- January, I believe, of 1964. And I, I saw that show. I used to watch that show every Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah, got really big shoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, everybody's just screaming and hollering, and I remember thinking, hey, these guys aren't so hot. They're just ripping off Chuck Berry. <laughs> but then I got to hear, and then, you know, as they went along, and I, I got to hear some of their other music, like Ringo's theme and Norwegian Wood and stuff. I began to realize, wait a minute, man, these guys really are pretty good musicians. So anyway, that's the uh, that's the thing, and Hawkins says, we might better be careful about advertising where we are because we might not like what we get. And, of course, this gets back to uh, a uh, topic that's been going all along for many years, actually back into the 1800s with H.G. Uh, Wells and his War of the Worlds. You know, are there other intelligences out there and are they going to come and try to take us over? Uh, guys, for me, the good news is I don't think we have to worry about uh, an immediate mass alien invasion, uh, at least not the real thing. Uh, and the reason I say that is because if you really study the literature, and I know you guys have, you realize that uh, UFO phenomena, things flying through the air, people visiting uh, the Earth, people telling us how to do things, uh, cattle mutilations, crop circles, all of these mysterious things. This has been going on all the way back through history. Uh, think, uh, think of Old Testament and uh, Ezekiel and the fiery wheel. They picked him up and carried him to a city in the mountains and then carried him over to the river. And, you know, it was a transportation. He was trying to describe something that picked him up and carried him somewhere. So this has been going on since time immemorial. And um, so if the whole purpose was to try to invade the earth and blow up everything and kill us or eat us, you know, I think they would have done it long before now. They would have done it when all we had to oppose them with was bows and arrows and not laser technologies. Okay, well, we have a few questions on that, Jim. But uh, in the meantime, what would all this have to do with parallel worlds, uh, like a means of travel or a means for expanding consciousness or what? 
Well, parallel worlds is a pretty recent concept. Uh, when I was a young guy, the big question was, uh, you know, there's something flying through there, the, our skies. Do they come from Mars or do they come from Venus? And then we got a little bit more sophisticated, and by the 60s and 70s, the question became, do they come from Alpha Centauri uh, or Zeta Reticulate 1, uh, other star systems? And then we got even more sophisticated, and today uh, the concepts have come into being that uh, could they be from other dimensions, from other time frames, uh, timelines. And uh, frankly, I think the answer probably is yes, <laughs> all of the above. Mm. I think there's all kinds of stuff going on up there. And, uh, of course, this also lends to the same question about, you know, people uh, see a UFO and they go, I think there's people in there. Are they good or are they bad? Yeah. Well, <laughs> think about it, guys. If you look up and you see an airliner going over, you know it's full of people. But if I ask you, are they good or bad, you're kind of nonplus for an answer. Yeah. Well, th- this raises several questions, Jim, that uh, you might want to address. One is, um, well, first of all, I'm always astounded, uh, rather, that that. We're not astounded, maybe not surprised, but that people consider advancement. We say, okay, maybe they're beyond us, maybe they're more advanced, as being defined entirely by the technological. Right. Uh, and uh, but when who who was the most advanced civilization uh, technologically in the 1930s? Nazi Germany. And uh, how did that work out? So I mean, okay. I'd, I'd much rather have advancement be defined in terms of spiritual and moral advancement than in terms of technology. You see what I'm getting at? So, and, and Hubbard and everybody else seems to approach advancement in terms of technology. I think that's rather shallow, personally. I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I totally agree. And I think that uh, that's part of our problem is that our technology has outstripped our, our social maturity. Um, but it doesn't mean that we can't work with both and approach mm-hmm. both. Um, if you've read some of other Hubbard's other uh uh, books. Uh, that he's got one called Mission to Earth, and uh, it's a long series, and, and Sarah Lewis taught, hey, he really was quite a thinker, and I think he understood that uh, sociologically we had to advance, too. I think that you may be hitting on the secrecy. Everybody talks about, well, when are we going to, you know, when are we going to have disclosure? When are we going to uh, admit and tell the people that there's something out there besides us? And uh, if if you're talking about holding a press conference where some government official says, okay, okay, we've lied to you for 70 years, here's, here's the real truth. No, that's not going to happen. What's going to happen is the same thing that uh, is happening today in reality, which is the people with open minds, open hearts, and who can read and study, go back, look at the literature, look at what's going on today, pay attention to it, correlate it in their own mind. You can begin to figure out in general terms, what's going on. But see, you guys got to understand, the government is the government of all the people, okay? not not just the pro-UFO people and not just the anti-UFO people. And as a result, they've had to play it very cozy with this issue because they don't want to upset one or the other of the major groups. Do you and think... So what, they, so what they've done is that, like, for example, with the... Uh, uh, crash at Roswell and the idea that they recovered bodies. Uh, you know, on the one hand, you can trust the government and they say nothing unusual happened there, or you can trust the 
600 people who are now on the public record saying, well, no, I was there, and I picked them up and carried them here, and I carried them there, and I saw this, and I saw that. But what they've done is they came out here uh, some years ago with a report said, uh, case closed, case closed, that's it, and don't worry about it, folks. And in there, they had a press conference at the Pentagon. They announced that what people had seen were crash dummies, okay? Now, <laughs> even at that time, an astute reporter said, but, sir, you, you're showing us this uh, documentation for these crash dummy tests, and yet, by your own admission, they, they didn't start until 1954. You know, uh, what did they see in 1947? Mm. And the, the Colonel Johnson was pretty pretty honest about it he said right in front of everybody he said well i really don't know what they saw in 1947 and that my friends is absolutely the truth but you see by doing it this way by having the government come out with a report that uh, denies its own self that says oh it was just crash dummies and yet they give us the documentation showing that there were no crash dummy tests until years after the incident at roswell What's happening there is that they are trying to placate both groups of people, the people who uh, who believe who are, who know, who've studied it, and know that there was something unearthly happened at Roswell State. Wow, they, they're lying to us. That means they're covering up. That means, in a backhanded way, they're telling us it's all the truth. And yet the people who don't want to deal with it, they can sleep peaceably at night and go, well, the government said it's crazy to me. Well, uh, oh, by the way, thank you for your service. Um, I, I guess you and I both had intelligence training. Uh, I'm sure you had it on a much higher level than I did, but uh, yeah, there, probably there was not. But uh, well, I don't know. But, but there, there was the, always the principle of uh, you know you. They realized in the '60s you really couldn't keep secrets, you know, clamped down anymore. So you give you know accurate information from inaccurate sources, and uh, right. you know that sort of hang out. And vice versa, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm just wondering if this whole thing about, I I, I don't know, do you really think that people would be that upset if they realized there was, quote, life on other planets? I think the the issue may be that that they may be far away. I think people could accept that. We all grew up with Star Trek and all that. Well, I mean, it's all all turned around. I'll I'll tell you what, here's, here's what happened, okay? Um, in 1938, you had Arson Wells do his War of the Worlds uh, drama on radio, and uh, it wasn't near the big terror thing that it's been made out to be. But nevertheless, there were hundreds, perhaps thousands of people got very upset because they tuned in late and didn't hear the caveat that this was just a radio drama. They thought it was a real... They played it real straight. They'd interrupt the music and say, we interrupt this program. The cylinders have fallen in New Jersey, and they're opening up, and these beasts are coming out, and they're, they're burning everything, you know. Well, that, that's enough to panic anybody. Uh, so we were just coming off of that experience here in the early 50s. Uh, and uh, when the flying saucer thing got going and it got to be a big fad, the government was very concerned. They didn't want everybody panicking. And the national polls at that time showed that uh, most people did not believe there was any life outside the Earth. So I could understand at that point where they said we have to be very cautious about this because we don't want people panicking. But then on the other hand, as you mentioned, you know, we've all grown up with Star Trek and Star Wars and 
aliens and yeah okay so what just not a big deal and uh no i'm with you i think if uh, president uh, trump was to come on tv tomorrow and say uh in a very calm manner folks uh you know we've gotten uh, we've discovered that there is life outside of the united outside of the earth uh as far as we know it's not hostile doesn't mean there's any harm uh your government's on the job and we're looking into this and We'll keep you informed as things go along. I don't think there would be any mass panic or mass upheaval, you know. For, no. <laughs> for one thing, the bills would still keep coming in. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, there's a really interesting concept that I came across when I was in college, and it was in anthropology class, and my professor brought up this point of perceived distance. As a, as a perceived threat. So we hear on the news every night that, all right, well, there's been another bombing in Iraq. Well, at least it's far away. But if there's, like, a school shooting or something that happens, heaven forbid, then the perceived distance is, oh, God, that's, like, right next door. Even if it's, like, hundred mile, over 100 miles away, different states, other side of the country, it doesn't matter. It's perceived distance. Now, if, the mul- if quantum physics is, uh, if quantum physics is true... Then, or well, if the multiple worlds interpretation of quantum physics is true, that would mean that all of these aliens that we perceive to be far away, or other creatures in other other worlds, are right next to us all the time. Would that not be more terrifying than them being somewhere in the Andromeda system? Well, uh, yes, I think proximity would have a lot to do with it. It's a, I mean, it's the same thing if you and I are out hiking. And we see a bear, but he's on the other mountain. You know, we, we oh look, a bear. Ah, okay, cool. You know, but if we see a bear and he's coming out of the bushes right at us, you know, ten feet away, that's a different thing. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that proximity would pl- play a big part in this. Also, though, is intent. Um, how do we know? Uh, you know. Uh, if we were to see a bear angling along, does that mean he's after us? Does that mean that uh, we better turn around and run? Should we stand stock still? Uh, how do you how do you handle that? And uh, I think it's I think it's past time that we at least start considering the possibility that we're not alone, and how we would react if we were to come across uh, some creature that uh, probably is not human but might be is just as intelligent or more intelligent than we are. Um, I know I've been blown away in my whole lifetime by by thinking that uh, you know you got humans and you got animals and animals just don't shape up you know they just don't think they don't they're not creative they can't do things like humans can except oops yes they can oh yes uh, we've got chimpanzees and gorillas that can actually communicate in sign language form whole sentences I've seen uh, films of elephants that can actually draw an elephant. You know, mm-hmm. and, and of course we know that's, uh, uh, that uh, uh, certain aquatic animals, uh, you know, are, are like dolphins, are just really, really smart. So see, we haven't even come to grips with life on this planet, much <laughs> less life from somewhere else. Oh, very true, very true. Speaking of life somewhere else, Jim, uh, one thing that often occurs to us, and uh, Ben uh, kind of... Um, called uh, someone on the carpet on the, on the air here, a uh, well-known UFO expert, and I don't know if he's ever been forgiven for it, uh, about the, the anthropomorphism that we approach alien life with, with the assumptions. Yeah. You yeah. know, we look at things from our own very narrow paradigm, and, you, and you've got, um, 
you know, uh, the same motivations applied to alien life, and we just don't think that that's good enough. I mean, what say you about that? Are we too uh, anthropomorphic in our approach to aliens, right. or at least some aliens? Yes, I, I think so, and, and it could get us in trouble because it could be that uh, the uh, aliens and land, and they're tall, and they're blonde, and they're blue-eyed, and they look like uh, Nazi Aryan supermen. Those are the ones we may say, hey, let's be friends, and those may be the ones that want to serve man. <laughs> yeah. And another question, how do we know that the in, and that an invasion has not occurred? Now, we can, not to get paranoid here and all, all this stuff, but, uh, there is some opinion on the part of many that, uh, they have infiltrated us in one way or another. You know, for benign or malign reasons that nobody right. knows. Um, right. and that they are among us hybrids and all this business. Uh, all possibilities have been suggested. What say you? Well, uh, that's the problem. There are possibilities. And that doesn't mean it's happening, doesn't mean they're real, but there are that possibility. And I will say this, if you go back and study Earth's history all the way back to the flying Bahamas of the Hindus, to the flying boats of the Egyptians, to the Anunnaki of the uh, uh, ancient Sumerians, uh, and to the flying gods of the Aztecs and the Incas, uh, you know, these stories go all the way back and permeate yeah. every, every primitive society in the world. So it seems quite clear that added to the mysterious artifacts, can be found all around the world that we have no idea who made them or how they made them. Uh, I think it's obvious that we have not been alone on this planet from the get-go. Now, if that's the case, if there were these ancient astronauts uh, here on the Earth teaching us stuff, and uh, then it's only one of two possibilities. Either they all left at some point, or at least some of them are still here. So how would we answer that question? Well, I think it's pretty simple. We look at the uh, the evolution of the human race. Uh, if it is, as we are taught in school, just one slow evolutionary climb from cavemen to hunter-gatherers to fishermen to farmers to little towns to city-states and finally to empires, uh, then that's exactly is what the, the records are showing yet. Let's face it, the record doesn't show that. The record shows crop circles and things flying through the air, old paintings, cave etchings, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stories. Uh, somebody is still with us. Well, if you look at the, the Karsag epics of the Sumerians, you've got Nin Karsag, the mother goddess, taking blood and saliva from her own people and using it to effectively transform. I mean, we're talking about genetic engineering here? Is this so? I mean, maybe this... Yeah, there is exactly. something uh, to that, you know. Exactly, and so, and see, and and nobody. You can go to the Encyclopedia Britannica, and you can read about Nirhashag, and and you can read about all of that. Uh, the, the the translations are just there, and there's not that much argument about the translations. The argument comes into the interpretations. Yes, and that's and that's because when uh, archaeologists began translating those Sumerian tablets back in the early 1800s. They had no concept of uh, genetic manipulation or atoms, for that matter, or heavier than their flight. So when they would read these accounts of these things, they would go, oh, well, these are their gods. They were just making up stuff, you know, and attributed to their gods. And yet, when you actually study the uh, uh, 
the literature, they don't refer to them as gods. They just refer to them as the Anunnaki. And right. they, they, did, they did this and they did that. And I think they were simply telling what they knew to be true. It's only us latter-day intelligent people who say, well, I can't be right, so and we just make up our own stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's go back a little bit, Jim, to the notion of the government. Now, Ben and I kind of specialize lately in, in what we call flap areas, seemingly unrelated phenomena, all taking place in the same area. UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, all this stuff. And we always run into the military. So let's get back a little bit to the government. Um, in your, it was very interesting to read in your, in your, uh, full bio, the, uh, first attempt to publish your book, Psy Spies and PSI Spies, PSI being anything referring to the psychic uh, phenomena, essentially, yeah. um, mysteriously was pulled on its first publication attempt. Can you tell us about that? And did you ever find anything more about that? Because the same thing has happened to us with two TV shows. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, well, as one who's worked in the mass media for 50 years, it still boggles my mind to realize the incredibly tight control over the mass media. There are certain factions at the top ownership of uh, the mass media that simply do not want us to know who we are, where we came from, uh, because it might upset their monopolies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big problem. Now, in my case, I stumbled across the remote viewing program in the Army, and uh, as a reporter, I thought, wow, this is a hell of a story. You know, because on the one hand, either it's not true, in which case, wow, what a waste of taxpayer money, or number two, it is true, in which case, wow, this is an evolutionary leap for mankind, which it was. And um, without going into the long, sad story, I dug into it, I researched it, I talked to the people involved. It was a special access closed program at the time. So needless to say, I wasn't getting a lot of open uh, information, but some people would talk to me off the record. Some people would talk on the record, but just very guardedly. Some people wouldn't talk to me at all. But between that, I managed to get the whole story out about how we were using psychics uh, to combat the Soviet psychics. Was that Project uh, Stargate? Yes, that was one of the one of one the of, one of the projects, right? Yeah, well, it was the same project. They just kept changing the name of it. Right. right. I think I think to hide it away so they didn't have it explained to anybody why they were dabbling in psychic ability. I wouldn't want to have to explain it either. Uh-uh. Uh, oh, I w- I'm sorry. It's such a fascinating conversation, and we have a break. Uh, anyway, we'll be right back with our fascinating conversation with Jim Mars. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240, broadcasting for its 70th year here in the beautiful Blackstone Valley of New England. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Greg Bell, the host of Win Radio Was. I'm Mortimer. Bill. Is that you under that blindfold? Bill. With this thing on, I can't see who I am. No, I imagine not. Can't you see anything at all under that blindfold? On a clear day, I can see the blindfold. You can. Yeah. Win Radio Was. Shows from the past for today's imaginations. Win Radio Was airs Monday through Friday right here on ON 1240 Radio at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Okay, and we're back behind the paranormal, and we have a wonderful guest today, Jim Mars, a very well-known uh, author and a Renaissance man, a UFO paranormal researcher as well. And uh, we're going to start our second half hour with a question from a listener. 
Yes, and we is, have uh, uh, Bob from Cumberland, Rhode Island. Yep. Okay, Bob from Cumberland. Hello, Bob. Welcome to on twelve forty. Hey, thanks. How you doing, Paul? How you doing, Ben? Not too bad. Oh, yourself? Be- better than nothing. Will you have a question for Jim? I sure do. And first off, let me say to Jim Mars, what an honor it is to speak with you. You're, you are one of my heroes. Uh, I was reading one of your books. I think it was Rise of the Fourth Reich when you when you laid on how the Federal Reserve was created and get, got me all ticked off. And I've been following this stuff ever since. But my question, Jim, is what is your thing about the goings on in Antarctica? Uh, I wish I knew. I'm like you. I'm curious, and there is definitely something odd going on in Antarctica. Oh, right well, you could say that's an understatement. But uh, exactly what it is is a good question. There's uh, there's been lots of rumors that they have found some under under ice or underground uh, facilities. Uh, I'm pretty convinced the Nazis that went down there in 1938 and created Land, and I think yep. they did have a base down there, which. Uh, Probably was the basis of the of the fight that we saw in 1947, uh, uh, 48 Operation High Jump. Uh, but I understand that's now been abandoned, and why not? <laughs> they, 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 they operate in the in the uh, top hotels and in the big big buildings today. They don't need to hide out in the cave in uh, Antarctica. But then there's but also you- the the intriguing point about the fact that. Everybody, including the Vatican, seems to be setting up new telescopes down in Antarctica. And the only reason I can think for that would be to try to get uh, first looks at uh, the uh, 12th planet, Nibiru, that uh, yeah. may, be coming, may be coming in on the southern ecliptic. The whole constellation, the Planet X constellation. This yeah. Couple, yeah. And, but have you, uh, have you ever observed any of your Google Earth photographs that when they zoom in, you can actually see flying saucers embedded in the ice? Have you ever seen those? Uh, yes, I have. In fact, uh, I was privileged to see a unretouched photo from Admiral Byrd back from his original 1920 uh, 20s expedition. And uh, a fellow came and showed it to me. He had found a book uh, that they published these pictures in. And uh, in the in the book, it just showed like you would think uh, an Arctic camp. But then he also had a photograph that was well documented. That was the exact same photograph, but then this one had not been doctored, and there were all these little funny, funky little lights flashing around in the skies. There's stuff going on down there. There's stuff going on all around the world that we're not being told about. Yeah, you imagine uh, John Kerry on election day, no less, was down in Antarctica. Did you hear about that? Okay, well, I'm, uh, we we kind of have to move on. I, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, Bob, but the, th- thank you for your call. Uh, very interesting, but uh, oh, we, thank we you. only have a keep, 25 keep minutes left. Antarctica. Yeah, you yeah, bet. Okay. Thank you. Great, great, great talking to you. Bye-bye. Right. Thank you, Bob. Okay, well, let me give our numbers again. It's 800-449-1240 anywhere in the U.S. or Canada or 401-766-1240. Hey, I'm getting old, Ben. All right. So, all right, well, thank you. So that brings up an interesting point, Jim, and it's that you are – you mentioned the word conspiracy theorist, and people very often will roll their eyes. And I, I, I don't know about Ben, but I have never been one. But there are times when I think I'm getting there. Uh, how do you respond to people when they just say, "Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist," and some of this stuff is just way out there? How do you respond? Well, to that? well, just remember this, and I think you fit into this too. 
uh, I think we should be proud to be conspiracy theorists because uh, uh, my definition of a conspiracy theorist is someone who questions the statements and actions of proven and repeated liars. Hmm. Well, that's just going to be where you have to you have to cite proof and uh, re- the repetition of evidence, uh, so to speak, to do that. But yeah. no, I respect what you say. You know, I think, uh, as I say, there are times I think I'm getting there. I mean, we we run into things that we just cannot explain. Uh, you know, we're on shows and even on CBS. When we were on CBS, there was interference. Brand new. You know, when we had the Rendlesham Forest case, uh, the corporate said you got to right. get off the air with this. You know, so uh, you know, we can't say that we haven't uh, experienced things like that. No, well, I mean, uh, would yeah. you would you agree with me though that things are opening up a little bit today? I think that, I think it's a little bit we're a little bit more free to talk about some of these things. Uh, they they've kept the lid on it so long now it's just kind of breaking apart. Well, the in- they- yeah, but the information flow is so massive thanks to the internet that you know, <laughs> they can't stop it. Right, you can't you can't stop it. But you that, that's also a double edged sword because. How do you know what information you're getting is true? That's the problem, too. <laughs> now, now, see, this is what I say about the Internet. The upside of the Internet is that anybody and everybody has access to the Internet. The downside is that anybody and everybody has access to the Internet. So, yes, you have to be somewhat discerning uh, when you go on the Internet, but uh, if, you'll, if, you'll, uh, if you won't just buy automatically buy into things and then automatically deny things, uh, you can eventually begin to learn a lot of things. I think that that's very wise. Well, finally, the motto of our show is uh, "Everything You Know Is Wrong." It's also the subtitle of our book, the latest uh-huh. book. But uh, so d- that's the idea. Uh, and one of the things we might think is wrong, and I'd like your opinion on this, Jim, is that we assume the government is behind some or all of the secrecy, of, and and they are. You know, I mean, certainly. But there may there seems to be a, a deeper level, something darker. That yeah, we've... but not all, not always. I, I I think they're like the bumper sticker that says, "Hey, wait for me. I'm your leader." <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I think certain people, certain certain organizations are far ahead of the government. Government's playing catch up, trying to trying to do right to everybody, and as a result, doing right by nobody. Well, that's it, because uh, the thing is we have to realize it's uh, it's all about bucks, yeah. a lot of it, you know, and the yeah. corporations are interested in, in the well, technology and well, in whatever. This country, in this country, we, we operate under the golden rule. Whoever has the gold makes the rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too true. And, uh, you know, it, uh, something I wanted to mention uh, on uh, one, of your, uh, uh, one of your breaks there, you were talking about that you all play those old radio dramas. Uh, yeah, uh, on this I station, wanted to mention yes. this because uh, L. Ron Hubbard's book, uh, Battlefield Earth, which uh, uh, has just hit in the world by storm. I mean, it was uh, sold 10 million copies back when it first came out, and they've issued a new, um, a new edition, the 2016 edition, uh, and uh, it, it's uh, it's absolutely incredible. It's gone wild, but uh, they uh, they also have a um, audio book, which, by the way, Audiophile Magazine has named the, the best audio book of 2016, and it only came out mid, mid-year. But the reason I mention this, guys, is because uh, I, too, was a big fan of radio when I was a kid. Uh, I hate to date myself, but we didn't have television. <laughs> 
and I'm not talking about we couldn't afford one. I mean, there wasn't any. <laughs> right. And uh, so we, I listened to the radio, Gangbusters, Tarzan, Gunsmoke, uh, you know, you're the Green Hornet. And uh, for the younger people today, you know, today if there's an audio book, you just have some actor and he reads the book to you. Well, okay. But back then these were called radio dramas and they would actually act out all of the parts of the characters. They had sound effects and musical backgrounds and, you know, it was... It was it was a kind of a movie of the mind. Well, they've done the same thing with Battlefield Earth. Uh, they've got uh, like sixty-eight different voice actors uh, portraying all these different characters. They got one hundred fifty thousand sound effects and a cinematographic musical score uh, that was written especially for this book. It's it's absolutely astounding. And I mention that because this is a great opportunity for. Uh, particularly younger people who may not have had the experience of being able to lay there comfortably on your sofa and have this thing play out in your head, and you get to visualize it. It's a a very interactive type thing. Hmm. Okay, Jim, uh, before we burn up this hour, and we we have to quit a few minutes early because of, uh, not professional, but college sports, uh, a little bit early uh, today that we broadcast on the station here, could you uh, tell us about, your books, your website, where people can get things, because all the bookstores have your books, um, and right. you know, and also um, where people how people can reach you if they need to. Uh, I guess the best thing would be to go to my website. Uh, oddly enough, jimmars.com, J-I-M-M-A-R-R-S. Uh, there you can find a listing for all my books. Uh, you can find listings for some DVDs that I've done. Uh, you'll find uh, also posted articles that. I didn't write, but that I have picked out of other uh, other blogs and other uh, sites that uh, I thought were very interesting, and you're probably not going to be able to see something like that in the mainstream media. So, yes, come visit JimMars.com. And of course, Amazon has all my books. Um, uh, the one national talk show host, who shall remain nameless, uh, once said, uh, if you read all of Jim Mars's books, you'll have the equivalent of a college education. <laughs> And I thought I kind of laughed at the time, but you know I think there's some truth to that. If you start off reading my book Rule by Secrecy, who are these secret societies that are trying to run the world? Who are they? Where they come from? What are they trying to do? And then you move on from there to Alien Agenda. You know, are UFOs real? Yes, that argument's over with. The question now is who are they and what do they want? And I deal with that in a very journalistic, non-fiction manner. And then the rise of the Fourth Reich how that uh, we defeated the German military in World War II, but we didn't defeat the Nazis. We just forced them to move, and thousands of them came over here. And this is, uh, we rolled them into our military-industrial complex, which laid the groundwork for the new national security state that we're now having to live under. Actually, that's a fact. Yeah. Space yeah. program, et cetera. And, uh, and uh, yeah, space programs and how that came about. Uh, that, and it gets into a lot of interesting things, how, how the Nazis had the atomic bomb. They just didn't have a, a reliable delivery system, so they swapped it to us for immunity. Uh, we get into uh, my book, uh, Our Occulted History, about where, where do we come from and where are we going as a species. Uh, we get, uh, the, one of my latest is population control. You need to know what the thinking is at the tops of these multinational corporations because... Uh, you have to have this information to protect yourself. They want you dead. 
I mean, dead. That's why they're giving us bad food, bad air, bad water, you know, and you need to know what's happening to protect yourself and your loved ones. So, yeah, I, I would hardly recommend picking up uh, one or more of my books and trying to delve in there and try to educate on, on about matters that actually uh, concern you and your family and not just... Uh, not just sports or, or, or funny stuff. You know, all that's great, but it, it, it's not gonna, not gonna get you ahead in the world. Okay, well, we have uh, certainly links to Jim's website. At, uh, it'll be this afternoon on the past guests uh, portion, portion of BehindTheParanormal.com, and we invite you to visit that. Uh, Jim, wh- why do we? Ca- there are two questions that really are bugging me. Uh, why is it that we have? the habit of running into the military when we investigate even cases of, of Bigfoot and even ghosts, the poltergeists, if they're in these flap areas? Is it a coincidence, or are they really interested in the processes behind that as well? No, they're very interesting because uh, we'll just figure it out. Uh, if they uh, are chasing some sort of aerial vehicle, and it can outrun them, so it's faster than they are. It can do maneuvers they can't do. Well, in the military mind, that's, ooh, I want it, I want it, I want it. <laughs> you know, they they see that as potential weaponry. And so not, not only do we want it, but we want to make sure that our potential enemies don't get it. So, yes, the military has been vitally uh, interested in this since the get-go. Yeah, okay. The... Um some of the of the uh, the things that happen in these flap areas are really really strange, and uh, we keep encountering uh, in different cases and in uh, the flap areas themselves, and particularly in poltergeist cases and some of these so-called hauntings and stuff. We keep running into what we call parasites, which we believe are the basis of our folklore about demons and all this, you know, evil spirits and all this. And there is a suspicion that maybe they. We were just just life forms, but have an agenda for their own sustenance. May be involved in government activities in the halls of government because we see how they influence families, sometimes communities, and history, and even in modern times. Uh, have you ever run into that concept of interdimensional beings who are essentially parasitical, have their own agenda, and are influencing humanity and even governments for the run and this is this is this is about as wild as we get but i wondered if you had any parallel theories on that well i am totally aware of what you're talking about and i've got to admit that's about as wild as i get too yeah uh, because uh, you know there in that direction lies paranoia uh, you know i have trouble enough sitting in a the dark theater and some weird guy sitting next to you you know you never know he, he yeah. might be a republican or, you know, yeah you, you never know but uh, I think the thing to do is just uh, try not to get too concerned about it. Keep your eyes and ears open and just gather information until we can know for sure. Um, I, there's really not much question in my mind that there are non-humans passing themselves off uh, in our societies, you know, either as observers or maybe some sort of direct participants. But to, to this point, I have seen no real evidence that they are killing people or take you know pod people taking over yeah n- neither of we yeah exactly like yeah you know so so right now it's just an exercise in uh, curiosity yeah well we run into it in the trenches all the time but uh, right. i certainly uh, agree with what you say jim 
The issue of UFOs, uh, and, and very often they're crossover phenomena, and uh, I know that very often we, we uh, consult with uh, people like Kathy Martin, Denise Stoner, on, on cases where people say they're being abducted by aliens and all of a sudden they have this poltergeist activity going on, things that seem to be applicable in some other field other than the UFO studies. So um, the, well, the question... You know, it gets real complicated because... It does, yeah. Even when you say it's a, you had a... Uh, abduction case uh you know there is some evidence uh, i know um uh chris carter and his x-files made a case for this that uh, it's actually the military and the intelligence agencies pulling these things off and then trying to make it look like uh, you know leave fingerprints around like it's an alien abduction just to throw everybody off now i don't think that they i don't believe i think there is an alien aspect uh, to a lot of this stuff, although some of it could be uh, false flag or, uh, you know, put on by the military. And in fact, I think that's something that we need to be preparing ourselves for and warning against, which is uh, because of the technology available to us today, it would probably be relatively easy for the intelligence agencies to pull off some kind of massive you know, apparition in the clouds or, you know, Jesus comes back or Mohammed's waving the sword and get everybody totally weirded out by uh, by just the use of exotic technology not generally known to the public. Okay. Jim, uh, unfortunately, we have to leave early for the, uh, there's a the Providence College lacrosse the game. Uh, we have to quit at uh, f- in just five more minutes. Jim, we're going to have you back when there's a little more time, and uh, very, very interesting, wide-ranging discussion. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you, and uh, check out JimMars.com, and then also go to uh, BattlefieldEarth.com and check out uh, L. Ron Hubbard's book. Absolutely, and we'll talk to you soon. We'll have you back soon. Okay. Adios. Adios. Bye. <laughs> Alrighty. Texas Texas. Uh, Goodbye there. Okay. Uh, yes. I didn't, I didn't know what you were going for there. No. So, on to our plethora of announcements. And uh, we have many, starting with our new book, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, is in most bookstores, and if they don't have it, they can get it. It's also available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and also other online retailers. But if you're really serious, you can get an autographed copy at our show website. That's behindtheparanormal.com. Our next event is the New England Parafest in Kittery, Maine, on Saturday, April 29th. Uh, there will be many great speakers, including our frequently our frequent co-host, Shane Searway, and our good friends, Tom D'Agostino and Arlene Nicholson. Along with others. And uh, if you go to our website, BehindTheParanormal.com, scroll down the main page. We have all our events and banner ads, and if you click on that, you can go to where you can get uh, tickets. I think it's um, $25 for the whole day. I believe so. Uh, but uh, there's also the Saucer Symposium at the KRI Center for Consciousness Studies in uh, Stratum, New Hampshire, on May 20th to the 21st, and we'll present on Saturday and then on Sunday, and we'll do the uh, live show noon to 1 p.m. from that event with a panel of the speakers. Now, even before that, uh, we have a double feature in Connecticut on Saturday, May 6th. Uh, we'll address the Connecticut chapter of MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, great group, at 11 a.m., then airport ourselves across the Connecticut River to South Windsor, where we will present at the new home of the Book Club Bookstore at 3 p.m. That'll be our, our encore there. Uh, it's, that's free and open to the public. And uh, again, moving right along, we'll be back for a presentation at the wonderful Book Lovers Gourmet Bookstore and Cafe in Webster, Massachusetts, right here in our listening area, on Saturday, June 17th at 1 p.m. And uh, that brings us to June 24th, Saturday, and it's back to the Danbury Public Library in Connecticut, 
where we'll do something we've never done before, a presentation specifically for young people aged 7 to 14 years of age, the program Monster Hunters, a cryptozoology workshop with Paul and Ben Eno. In fact, stimulated by that whole idea, we're reading past radio scripts and case files, working on a book about cryptids for young people in time for this event, we hope. Uh, this will be the second book in the series, Behind the Paranormal, Bigfoot, Mothman, and Monsters You Never Heard Of. And in case you're not sick of our events, on July 27th, we'll present our program, What's Really Behind the Paranormal, at the Prospect Senior Center in Prospect, Connecticut at 1 p.m. And this is open to the public. Yes, uh, well, they're all over to the public. Yes. Um, and that will bring us to our fall programs, Exeter UFO Festival, a special program at the Litchfield, Connecticut, in Litchfield, Connecticut in September, and the Great New England UFO Conference in October. Uh, new events are being added frequently, so check back behindtheparanormal.com. And uh, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, Behind the Paranormal Case Files, where we will eventually have another video up. Uh, it's it's on its way, but if you want to see a couple of uh, videos that we do have up about case files, you can just Google behind or go on YouTube and type in Behind the Paranormal, and boom, there are our faces. You can check out our videos and subscribe to our channel. And uh, general information about the show, events, and uh, there's also a link to our case file, some of them, uh, and uh, the place you'll find over 700 free recorded shows from both ON 1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS radio. It's all at BehindTheParanormal.com, and there are also special shows and podcasts. Uh, may, many of you will be happy to know that this site, uh, both our sites, that NewEnglandGhost.com, are being uh, redesigned and uh, will have a better look and better interface. Indeed. So, we have plenty of other things as well, including some of the charities that we offer. Yes. And uh, would you like to talk about those? Uh, Yes, we have a number of veterans charities, both U.S. and Canadian, and we also have uh, HelpForHaiti.com and uh, the great... um, uh, charity out in Los Angeles where you have uh, Tony LeRae out there doing great things with YouthMentoring.org, Youth Mentoring Connection out there doing some terrific stuff. Uh, so anyway, what do we got next week, Ben? So next Sunday, April 2nd, we'll bring you an open line show to deal with a stack of questions from our listeners because we just have so many that we have yet to go through. Uh, joining us will be special guest co-host Shane Searway. So get your questions in now to Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com for those. And we leave you this afternoon with a thought-provoking thought from person or persons unknown. Never reply when you're angry. Never make a promise when when you're happy. And never make a decision when you're sad. They forgot to add never say never, right? Yeah, exactly. Never trust an atom. They make things up. Ha! I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you behind the paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. W-O-O-N Woonsocket Radio.